Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for Food and Stuff. My name is Gretchen Miller. Today we've got a recipe for summer pea salad with unexpected dressing. A little catch-up. Two days ago, our kids boarded a bus to sleepaway camp while dozens of parents waved like, I'd like to think adorable, but also value self-awareness, lunatics, as it pulled away. I learned a few years ago when my son went to camp for the first time that I became unmoored. Who am I if nobody demands things and interrupts my thoughts all day? Without the presence of my adorable but exhausting offspring, Last summer, I ran out of cooking steam while waiting for my daughter to request anything but noodles for dinner. This summer, despite the fact that she's a baby who was just born, don't tell me otherwise, my daughter also wanted to go to camp, mostly because she wants to be wherever her brother is, and I'm not crying, you are. Fortunately, the photos I refresh on the camp app all day in lieu of doing anything more productive or even hedonistic with my time, show them to be having a blast and how could they not be when the first night ended with whipped cream pies in the faces of the counselors on the losing team and nobody challenges their palates beyond pizza, chicken nuggets, and waffles. This is still a cooking blog, I promise, but if the structure of my cooking life for the last 13.75 years has been shaped to the needs of people who need to be fed multiple times a day, what's left? The reality is that when my kids are away for one night or three, we just go out. We live in New York City. Why on earth would we be washing dishes if we could be getting queso fondito and the Caesary tomatillo salad at Yellow Rose, as we did on Sunday night, or meeting friends at Winson? as we will later this week, or sweeping sourdough through the garlic chili butter puddle left behind by the prawns a la plancha while drinking vermouth at Servos, as I'm sure we will weekly. But last Friday, we had a dinner at Diner in Williamsburg, and my husband and I wolfed down the mixed piece salad, and I had a kernel of an idea for what we might eat on the days we do not go out. For the sake of our general constitution, or at least livers, make the food that they'd never let me, for which I'd have to endure so much complaining. It threatens to suck the joy out of cooking. And with that, we finally have a new recipe. So about this salad, the markets are overflowing right now with every kind of summer pea. Sugar snaps and favas and shelling peas and snow peas in every color. And for the small price of sending the pea skeptics in your life away, you can make a glorious salad with any single one or mix of them. You can even make a delicious vinaigrette with a shunned ingredient that everyone will run from unless they try it, which they will not. You can eat at 8.45 p.m. because there are no schedules anymore. This salad itself is very flexible. I hope you'll think of it as a template for a summer salad, no matter what kind of pod vegetables you have on hand. Feel free to use different herbs. Use burrata or a scoop of fresh ricotta or crumbled feta instead of ricotta salada. Use avocado instead to keep it dairy-free. Use another nut or seed. Add greens if you prefer salads with leaves. But I insist you try the dressing. It's going to surprise you, and I can see it being a staple on roasted vegetables this winter. 
Here's the recipe, summer pea salad with unexpected dressing. Servings, two to four, time, 30 minutes. Source, Smitten Kitchen, but inspired by a pea salad at Diner in Williamsburg. You're gonna need one quarter cup of golden raisins, one quarter cup of white wine vinegar, warmed, two tablespoons of minced shallot, one and a quarter to one and a half pounds of fresh summer peas, such as sugar snaps, snow peas, shelling peas, and or favas, kosher salt, one half teaspoon of smooth Dijon mustard, this is optional, three to four tablespoons of olive oil, red pepper flakes and freshly ground black pepper to taste, one half cup of toasted almonds, I'm using Marcona, roughly chopped, two to three ounces of sliced or crumbled ricotta salata cheese, one quarter cup of chopped fresh mint. To make the dressing, you're gonna chop the raisins into rough bits and place in a bowl with shallots. Pour vinegar over to stir to combine. Let sit, cool, and infuse while you prepare the remaining parts of the salad. Note, it's completely up to you whether you wish to cook sugar snaps and or snow peas. Both are delicious raw. For this salad, I cook the sugar snaps for 30 seconds to one minute, but leave the snow peas raw. Next, cook your peas. Bring a medium pot of salted water to a boil. Prepare a large bowl of ice water. If you're using favas or shelling peas, remove them from and discard their pods. Cook favas in the water for three minutes, shelling peas for one minute, and sugar snaps or snow peas for 30 seconds to one minute. Scoop each out immediately with a slotted spoon and drop in the ice bath. If you choose to not cook your sugar snaps or snow peas, skip the pot and put them directly on ice water for 10 minutes for the best juicy crunch. Once the peas are finally cold, drain and pat dry on a large towel. If you've used favas, they have one final step of preparation. You'll need to make a small slit with a sharp paring knife in the outer light green pod so that the inner green enjoyable part of the fava can slip out. Finish the dressing. Add Dijon if using, three tablespoons of olive oil, salt, about half a teaspoon of diamond kosher, freshly ground black pepper and red pepper flakes to, to the dressing and whisk to combine. Tasting for seasoning and adjusting as needed, of course. If you'd like it less kicky, then add the remaining tablespoon of olive oil. Assemble and finish. Transfer peas to a bowl and toss with dressing to taste. You may not need it at all. Add more seasoning if needed. Add almonds, cheese, and mint and toss again and eat right away. As far as doing ahead, vegetables and dressing can be prepared and kept cool separately up to a day in advance and mix only before serving. Next we have a recipe for something that sounds utterly delicious. I try to only bring recipes that I think sound delicious, but this one's a particular yummy one. I love, well, who doesn't like potatoes and artichokes and tortillas? So this is a potato and artichoke tortilla. Everyone has a different idea of what constitutes eating healthy, or at the very least, in a manner that diametrically opposes the Thanksgiving through New Year's gluttony. Some people eschew meat, and for others, it's just red meat, 
Some give up cheese or bread or fat or potatoes. I mean, you name it. And there's a diet out there that promises that swearing it off is the answer to thin thighs in 30 days or you in a white bikini in the Bahamas in 56 days. You know, just to throw out a totally arbitrary example. I'm realizing increasingly that I belong to no dieting camp whatsoever. I mean, I consider things like portion size all the time, and if I had meat in one meal, making sure that the next one avoids it. But I don't think that there's a magical evil food that when crossed off your menu will make pounds vanish from your hips. But rarely, I didn't mean to talk about dieting. What I meant to get to was the fact that this here, a potato, some eggs, and vegetables cooked in olive oil and served in wedges with a salad is the very definition of the kind of the food that I like to hone in on when I'm coming off weeks of eating well beyond my recommended daily intake of cheese and butter and chocolate. <laughs> so here's the recipe for potato tortilla with artichokes and red peppers. This is from the new Spanish table. It's been way too long since I made my last tortilla. And if you're looking for the classic version, you can start here. And there is a link at smittenkitchen.com. This version was devised by a friend of the authors to use up leftover boiled potatoes. Although not traditional, with that long saute and olive oil and including red peppers and artichokes, it is no less delicious. This serves six to eight as a tapa or two as a light main dish. You'll need about four tablespoons of olive oil, plus more if needed, one half of a medium-sized onion, quartered and thinly sliced, one large boiled Yukon gold potato, quartered and thinly sliced, a leftover potato works great here, three marinated artichoke hearts from a can or jar, rinsed, patted dry, and thinly sliced, one quarter a cup of sliced piquillo peppers or roasted red bell peppers, four large very fresh eggs, preferably organic, two tablespoons of chicken stock or broth, and coarse salt such as kosher or sea. First you're going to heat two tablespoons of the olive oil in a medium-sized skillet over medium heat. Add the onion and cook until limp but not brown three to five minutes. Add the potato and cook, stirring gently for five minutes. Stir in the artichokes and peppers and cook, stirring for another two to three minutes. Using a slotted spoon, transfer the vegetable mixture to a bowl and let cool completely. Place the eggs, chicken stock, and a few small pinches of salt in a medium-sized bowl and beat until just scrambled. Add the potato mixture and mix until well combined and let stand for about 10 minutes. Heat five teaspoons of the reserved olive oil in a heavy eight inch skillet, preferably nonstick over medium high heat until it is just beginning to smoke. Pour the egg mixture into the skillet and flatten the potatoes with a spatula until the top is fairly even. Reduce the heat to medium low. Cook, moving and shaking the skillet running a thin spatula around the edge and sliding it into the middle so that some of the egg runs under for about one minute and then let it cook undisturbed until the top is a little wet but not liquid. That'll be about six to eight minutes. Run the thin spatula under the tortilla to make sure that no part of the bottom is stuck to the skillet. 
and then top the skillet with a rimless plate slightly larger than the skillet and using oven mitts quickly inverts the tortilla onto the plate. If the skillet looks dry, add a little more olive oil. Carefully slide the tortilla back into the skillet, uncooked side down. Shake the skillet to straighten the tortilla and push the edges in with the spatula. Reduce the heat to very low and cook the tortilla until the toothpick inserted in the center comes out dry, three to four minutes. Invert the tortilla again as before to cook on the um, first side for another minute. Invert the tortilla onto a serving plate and pat the top with a paper towel to get rid of excess oil. Let it cool a little and then cut the tortilla into wedges and serve warm or at room temperature. To serve as a tapa, cut the tortilla into squares and serve with toothpicks. That sounds really interesting. I like it. We're going to go straight to dessert here, even though we'll probably have another couple recipes for all main dishes. Um, this is for strawberry chiffon shortcake. Though this should surprise um, precisely no one, when I was a kid, my best friend and I went through a phase where we became obsessed with baking cakes. Though the cake creations ranged in flavor and size, they never lacked for two components, buttercream frosting by the bucket and Duncan Hines yellow cake by the layer. My mother politely requests that I point out that we did the baking at my friend's house and not mine, as my mother would never ever permit the use of such things as baking mixes. She just doesn't kid. I'm not exactly proud of the cake mix part either, but you see, these cakes really had nothing to do with eating and everything to do with construction. Fascinated by cakes with endless layers, one time we cut the layers so thin, we were able to make the layer cake of our dreams. Six flats of cake, each filled with a different shade of frosting, red, orange, yellow, green, and blue, and covered in purple icing. It was the kind of starts and hearts and glitter and, oh my gosh, fantabulous. I think you really need to be a pre-adolescent girl to appreciate. And the taste, well, what did we care? It was purple. Come to think of it, that might have actually been the last cake we made for a good long while, but I have never lost my love affair with that vaulted magical tool in my mother's kitchen that brought our skyscraper cake dreams to life, the layer cutter. Ridiculously simple, it involves an arched piece of metal with a wire stretched across that could be set at one of 20 different notch levels. I had never seen such a tool before or since hanging out at her house, so you can imagine my unparalleled glee when I found this very toy on Amazon.com. People, and all for $9.95. It took all of my restraint not to buy two. Which kind of brings up me brings me up to my current phase of birthday cakes. Tell me, is there anything as splendid as a homemade, multi-layered birthday cake replete with gushing bloops and dollops? Something about a big round cake in a plexiglass dome always screams, Yay, party! in a way that cupcakes, cookies, and brownies just never do. Doesn't everybody deserve one of these? I think so. Thus, my friend, out uh, with... My friend Alex, <clears throat> 25th birthday on Saturday night, I couldn't resist making another favorite childhood cake. 
a layered strawberry shortcake, simple and fresh as could be. I struggled a little bit, however, choosing a variety of cake that would be light as well as complementary to the stars, whipped cream, and fresh strawberries. Pouring over recipe after recipe, the questions kept coming. Did I want a vanilla foam cake? Perhaps a genuise? Could angel food cake be made in anything other than a tube? Pan? What does Daqua even taste like? I still don't know if I made the perfect choice, a classic chiffon, but was so enthralled by the joy of cooking story about Harry Baker, a Hollywood insurance salesman, and his invention, the chiffon cake, I couldn't resist. And you shouldn't either. Maybe there's a better layer cake out there, and believe me, I've thought about it, but sometimes you've just got to go with the consensus. Birthday cake equals awesome, and that's really all there is to it. Here's the recipe. Strawberry chiffon shortcake adapted from the joy of cooking. Chiffon cakes are known for having the richness of butter pound cakes, but the lightness of angel food cakes. Some argue that this is because they use oil, which, because it is liquid at room temperature, can keep the cake especially moist. The oil cannot be replaced by butter, unfortunately, and recipes advise universally against it. The lemon zest helps compensate for flavor lost by the lack of butter. And although I'd intended the cake as a four-layer, the limitations of my cake carrier demanded that I stop at three, and even the center dollop that was rudely squished by the dome. Not to overwhelm you with my might and could-ofs, here are three options to consider before you proceed with the following recipe. Number one, make it as I'd originally intended for the towering four layer. Proceed as directed below. Number two, make it as pictured, a thick three layer. Proceed as below to bake a four layer cake, but stash the fourth layer well wrapped in the freezer for future use. Dare I suggest whipped cream and strawberry trifle with the other remaining ingredients? Make only three quarters of the whipped cream and use only one and a half quarts of strawberries. Next, make it as I'd like to. Next time, a slim three layer. Make only half the cake recipe, baking it in a single nine inch pan. Once cooled, take a deep breath and carefully cut this layer into thirds. Proceed with three quarters of whipped cream and only one and a half quarts of strawberries. For the cake layers, you'll need two and a quarter cups of sifted cake flour, one and a half cups of superfine or regular sugar divided, one tablespoon of baking powder, one teaspoon salt, three quarters cups of cold water, one half cup of vegetable oil, one teaspoon of lemon zest, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, five large egg yolks at room temperature, and eight large egg yolks, or egg whites, excuse me, at room temperature. One half a teaspoon of cream of tartar. For the filling, two cups of heavy cream, six tablespoons of confectioner's sugar, one tablespoon of vanilla extract, two quarts of strawberries, hold and sliced. I sliced mine very thinly, but would do so more quick, more thickly next time or double layer the strawberries so that you get a higher fruit to bite ratio. First, you're gonna make the cake layers. Preheat your oven to 325 degrees Fahrenheit 
have two nine inch round cake pans ready lined with parchment paper that has been lightly sprayed with cooking spray but otherwise ungreased. Alternatively this recipe yields on classic tube of chiffon cake. Leave the cake pan ungreased uh, then use the one with the removable bottom. So you're going to sift the flour, one and a quarter cups of sugar, baking powder and salt together twice into a large bowl. In another bowl, beat the yolks, water, oil, zest, and vanilla on high speed until smooth. Stir in the flour mixture until smooth. And then in another large bowl, or the bowl of your stand mixer, beat the egg whites with a cream of tartar until soft peaks are formed. Add the remaining one quarter cup sugar and beat on high until the peaks are stiff but not dry. Use a rubber spatula to fold one quarter of the egg white into the egg yolk mixture and then fold in the remaining whites. Do so gently only until the egg whites are no longer visible. Overdoing it will deflate the egg whites and yield a denser, shorter cake. Next you're going to scrape the batter into the two prepared pans and spread evenly. If you are needling and fussy, you can weigh them to make sure that they are even, something that I would never do. Oh no. Bake them until the top springs back when lightly pressed and a toothpick inserted into the center comes out clean. About 40 to 50 minutes or 55 to 65 minutes for the tube pan. Please do me a favor and check your cake every five minutes or so from the 30 minute mark on. As I confess, I never wrote down the exact baking time for the 9 inch circles, but I'm pretty sure it was 45 minutes in my oven. Okay? Um, let the cakes cool on a cooling rack for at least an hour, or if in a tube pan, upside down over a bottleneck and resting the pan on four glasses or at least one and a half hours. When completely cool, run a knife around the sides to release and flip out into, onto a plate or your hand if you're daring, and then another plate. Next you're going to make the whipped cream. Beat heavy cream, powdered sugar, and vanilla extract in a clean mixing bowl until it holds stiff peaks. Assemble the cake. Uh, you're going to carefully split each cake layer in half, leaving you with four cake surfaces. One by one, scoop one quarter of the whipped cream onto the surface of the cake and spread it evenly to the edges without going over with an offset spatula. Arrange one quarter of the sliced strawberries over the whipped cream in one or two layers, depending on your preference. If you use only one layer, you'll likely have leftovers. Repeat with the remaining three layers. If you have any leftover whipped cream, you can pipe it decoratively over the top or scoop it up with those leftover strawberries. I won't tell. The cake can be refrigerated for a few hours before eating it. In fact, as some of the moisture from the whipped cream and berries seeps into the cake, I think that the texture is improved. In the comments, we've gotten into another approach to the strawberry filling part. Macerating them for one hour with a couple of tablespoons of sugar and one tablespoon of either creme de cassis or fresh lemon juice. This softens the strawberries and creates more of the saucy variety that you get in a bakery cake. To create the cake layers this way, you're going to spread the strawberry mixture, then the whipped cream over each layer, proceeding otherwise as directed above. Thank you for joining us for Food and Stuff. 
My name is Gretchen Miller. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.